Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on Hump Day. It is Wednesday. We are officially eight days away from the start of the 2017 NFL Draft. I am Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting with NDT Scouting, FanRagSports.com NFL Draft Analyst, and I am joined, as always, by fellow dude Joe Marino, Assistant Director of Scouting with NDT Scouting, and fellow FanRagSports.com NFL Draft Analyst. So, uh, we have all our P's and Q's minded, Joe. We are officially one week away. We're one week away from travel day because Eight. Yeah, yeah, seven days from today, one week, we are getting on planes and we're flying to Phoenix, man. Eight Dante Culpepper days away from the first round of the 2017 NFL Draft. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. You're going to use the number eight and the best player that you could uses Dante Culpepper? Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, since I've done this, I've taken Dolphins digs. So, uh, is that what it is? You did yeah. Orlando Mari and Dante Culpepper, that's it. I'm supposed, well, to, pick, ha- I'm supposed to pick a trend off of two, <laughs> two <laughs> well, plot lines? You, look, I'm just, all I can do is play the, play the teams on my schedule, you know? So, sorry. Yeah, it's, it is unfortunate we don't have... Uh, Everyday broadcasting because I think I would have picked up on that a little sooner. So. Yeah, I'm disappointed I didn't start it sooner. You know yeah, what probably. a what a missed opportunity. Stock down, Joe Marino, man. Yeah, yeah, blew, I'm not a thinker. You know, blew that opportunity. Yeah, a poor situational awareness. Red flag. Red, major red flag. So uh, we're going to talk about. 
big uglies today on the show. We're going to talk about offensive line. So far, uh, this series, if you will, last Friday we did offensive backfield, quarterbacks and running backs. Uh, this past Monday we did pass catchers, your tight ends and wide receivers. Uh, today's offensive line. Uh, Friday is defensive line. And then Monday is... Uh, no, are we going to do front se- or front seven? Is that our plan? I think we're going to do front seven, right? Yeah, we'll have to figure out a way to yeah, make it gotta, all Yeah, we got to fit like 140 <laughs> players worth into two episodes. So let's hope we don't do another uh, <laughs> pass catcher style show that's just like an hour and a half of just insanity. Uh, we'll, we'll probably end up doing front seven and then uh, secondary since there's a lot of names in the secondary to talk about this year. Um, so that's what you guys have to look forward to Wednesday, a week from today. We'll do a big preview show. We'll probably try and get some things lined up for you to keep it a little unique and uh, kind of break the mold of us running through these position groups. There's only so much we could talk about what we've been talking about and are going to talk about. Uh, so we'll, we'll try and line some fun things up for you guys for next week. Uh, Joe. Let's talk about some offensive tackles, right? Yeah, let's do. You know, before we get into all the offensive tackles and into your offensive linemen, it's interesting because I think this is, I'm not sure what your numbers are, but, you know, we've spent months going through this narrative that this is a weak offensive line class. And I think that's probably true, mostly when you look at the depth of the offensive line class. But when you look at my board, I've got 14 offensive linemen with day one or day two grades and seven in my top 50. You can get some players. Yeah, uh, looking at your offensive tackle rankings, though, um, one in the top 32. Yeah. Me- meanwhile, I have two in the top 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and, and just looking down, we have this board variance uh, spreadsheet up in front of us here, and it's got uh, the composite rankings with your rank, my rank, and then a variance column. Uh, we, we've done some uh, conditional formatting with that column so you can see uh, one end of the spectrum is Joe's color and the other end of the spectrum is Kyle's color. There's a lot of color on this column, man. This will th- be an interesting discussion for us because a lot of names that we uh, – you have to go down to our like 15th offensive tackle to find a guy that we're within like 20 spots on. Yep, yep, uh, no question. And, you know, you, I have none in my top 30, but I've got three uh, ranked in 31 through 38. So, you know, I, I kind of find, like, the end of the first round, early second rounds, where the sweet spot is for these guys. Yeah, and I think, uh, realistically, when you apply these these players into the draft this year, I wouldn't be surprised to see that be um, where you see a lot of the names that we're getting ready to talk about here. Uh, get called because it kind of mitigates the risk of, uh, for whatever reason, we'll talk about Cam Robinson and Ryan Ramchek right off the bat, but those two guys, they, they have questions. And uh, NFL teams may, may be a little more leery than what I was with my personal evaluations in that regard. Uh, so our top two guys on the composite board are Cam Robinson and Ryan Ramchek. We have them 13th and 22nd, respectively. Uh, the composite board, they are the only two that are inside of the top 30. Uh, Joe, tell me a little bit, because they, it's your offensive tackle one and, my off, and your offensive tackle three. Uh, you happen to like Garrett Bowles a little bit better. Uh, give me a little bit of an inkling into why they're 
slotted in the 30s. What are your apprehensions? Because I think that'll answer a lot of the, the questions and uh, issues that I had just alluded to. Yeah, I think they all project as starters. You know, I, I don't have any questions with, with that. Um, I think it's, each one of these top tackles has, has a knock. Uh, so specifically on the top three, Cam Robinson, uh, I think he's got some technical issues with his footwork, some inconsistency with how his feet work in unison with his upper body. Sometimes they'll deaden on him. Uh, obviously a ton of penalties and, and just kind of mental breakdowns. Uh, at, a, at an alarming rate, and then you know he has has some off field issues to be mindful of. Uh, but I like the the skill set. I think his overall physical traits are really good. I think he's got a lot of power, uh, so I like him. Just there's things that work against him pushing him down the board. Ryan Ramchek, you know, he's got tremendous film. Uh, you know, I don't really have any questions about what he's able to do, other than he's only started 14 games at the Division One level. You know, he had three transfers, stepped away from football at one point, and then uh, you know he's he's had uh, arthroscopic surgery for a torn labor in his hip uh, this off season. So you know, there's there's the the checks against him, and then you look at Garrett Bowles, very similar in terms of limited starting experience at the Division One level, only 13 starts. Uh, you know, he had his issues growing up in high school with some with some major maturity issues, kicked out of his house, different things like that. Um, and then uh, you know you worry about his age right so he's going to be 25 years old here at the start of his rookie season so you know how much room for growth is there you know i think he can get you through a contract uh and be a starter on the left side but you know what's the long-term potential of him being the anchor of your offensive line for 10 years you know I, those are the kind of work the, the things working against that that initial group of three yeah it's uh it's really interesting because there's i can't remember a year in which like the consensus names are all the same but there's like a significant lingering issue with all all the top names at a position group. It, it's it's pretty uh, rare, and, and I would simply counter with Cam Robinson in that I acknowledge it, and everything that you said is right there in my report. I totally agree as far as the technical issues. I, I really took exception with his pass set at times. Uh, his drive step out of his out of his stance was more uh, lateral as compared to getting depth with quickness, and that uh, really hindered his ability to sustain because he's not the most fleet of foot. He's not heavy-footed like some people uh, allude to and suggest. Uh, He's a pretty strong functional athlete, but uh, when your first step out of your stance is lateral instead of gaining depth quickly at the line of scrimmage, uh, it will detract from your ability to sustain the edge. And Robinson is very lucky. If he had 33.5-inch arms instead of 35.5-inch arms, I think you would have seen him give up a lot more pressure with consistency because the feet would be much more accentuated than what they are. But if you get him right, my goodness, man, he he can be very, very, very good. Uh, Ramp check, hip injuries are scary. uh, But when you look at him on the field... That polish and technique, for, especially for somebody that played 14 games on the, the FC, or FPS Division One level, uh, is, is really impressive. He will manipulate bodies with consistency. He's got loose, fluid lower half to be able to work across the face of defenders. and That stuff's hard to ignore. You don't find that with a guy that's 6'6", 310, uh, moves well in space. Bowles, for me, reminds me quite a bit of uh, Taylor Lewan coming out of Michigan. Uh, Bowles from Utah. I, I think his athleticism gets the best of him at times, and he just needs to 
figure out a way to to rein himself in sometimes. It seems like he's so eager to blow guys off the ball that the feet narrow, and uh, he'll spin off some blocks. Uh, But when he gets everything square and catches you flush, uh, that athleticism and balance and and ability to sustain is is really impressive in that uh, that's difficult to shed. He's very tenacious in that way. Yeah, so what's interesting now is when you look at this next little tier of prospects on our, both of our boards, you, you see a lot of different names stacked up differently with a whole lot of different value. Um, you know, one player that we both agree is offensive tackle. Actually, he's offensive tackle three for you. You have this guy above Garrett Bowles, and that's Antonio Garcia. Uh, you know, you uh, you actually have him quite a bit higher than me, which is interesting because, you know, I'm – I've been the one falling for the fleet-footed guys, and, and, and you've been falling for a little bit more of the power guys. You know, what are you seeing in Antonio Garcia that uh, you know, makes him a top 50 player for you? Well, you have to remember, look historically at the, the tackles that I've fallen for in past years. Jason mm-hmm. Spriggs, uh, Jake Fisher, uh, Cedric Ogwehi, I liked a good deal. Uh, these were guys that were mirror guys. And Garcia is very much a mirror guy. So historically, the past three seasons, this is the style of offensive tackle that I've been like, yeah, he can mirror, he can pass protect. I know he's going to you know, be able to keep his body in front of guys and uh, tried n- not to, to get so enamored with a single trait this year. So I, I kind of reshuffled some of these uh, the offensive tackle uh, film traits to try and find some more balance and uh Garcia, the movement skills that he has is very strong. The questions with him is, can he keep the weight on? Because he's light in the trunk, he can get collapsed, and as a result, there's times where he'll overextend himself trying to manufacture power, and that that will bite him as far as getting off of his heels and onto the balls of his feet and leaning forward. And uh, He needs to work on keeping that trunk down, keeping that base down, those hips down, and squatting into his anchor and finding power. If he can do that, he's a little bit more of a project as far as physically, and you've seen that with uh, you know Humphreys from Florida, who's now with Arizona, is another name that, uh, that I really like, gave a first-round value to. Uh, players like that are guys that it's so easy to fall in love with the movement skills and the athleticism, but there has to be uh, some functional football skills that you have to have to be a top-tier guy, and that's why I've kind of trended away uh, from somebody like Garcia, where in years past he probably would have been even higher on my board. Yeah, and so my offensive tackle for and, – and Antonio Garcia, offensive tackle for Troy. So just to catch everyone there up there, my, yep. my, my number four is another uh, non-Power 5 guy, Taylor Moton. Uh, Western Michigan offensive tackle. This is a player that, that I'm 50, almost 50 spots higher on than Kyle, and uh, that's a shame. That's a shame that Kyle doesn't see the uh, starting potential at right tackle that I do for Taylor Moton. Uh, really, my first exposure to him was at the Senior Bowl, where I thought he was one of the standouts there in terms of being able to to hang in one-on-ones with drills against pass rushers that are 
that are totally one-sided uh, for the pass rushers to be able to, you know, freelance and use all the space they want without any context of a, of a pocket and those types of things. Uh, I really thought he did did well to move his feet and, and challenge that edge track, even against guys that, you know, are, are really quick. Uh, obviously, the power element that he has is pretty exciting. Uh, you know, he can overwhelm guys at the, uh, at the point of attack. I think he's got some ability in space. Um, you know, he may need a little help against some of the, the twitchier speedy rushers in the nfl but i, I certainly think you have a, a starting right tackle and and at worst i think you've got an outstanding guard yeah and that that's the key thing for me he's a guard to me uh, you play him at right tackle and, and the problem and I, I was right there with you was my first pre- premier exposure was at the senior bowl and he looked great at the senior bowl and then you turn on the film and you watch him down the stretch against uh, Ohio and Toledo and Wisconsin, and he's folding at the waist, and he's chasing guys out in space, and I, I really lost my enthusiasm for him as a potential starter, especially early on. Now, he, he his athleticism was much better uh, than what I had anticipated that it was going to be. Uh, he actually tested pretty well his his physical size and athleticism rating was nearly a 7 out of 9. Uh, so in historical context, at 6'5", 330 pounds, uh, a, a good athlete, but just a lot of uh, functional mobility issues and lateral quickness that, that I really had some concerns with. Um, so I think, and I know there, there's, I had just spoke with uh, NDT Scouting's John Ledyard uh, about this, uh, the other day, because he had done Moten's film assessment, and, and we were talking about, you know, guards probably a good way to safeguard him because when he's isolated, uh, he looks uncomfortable from what I watched. So that's why he's 102nd on my board, and he's uh, notably down below uh, some more quote unquote movement guys, like we just talked about Garcia with uh, Dion Dawkins from Temple and Chad Wheeler from USC. Uh, little more interested in those guys if I'm trying to find a starter at offensive tackle than Taylor Moten. Yeah, so we've we've hit all of my top 100 tackles except for one of my favorites in this class. That's Texas A&M offensive tackle Jermaine Illuminer. Uh, I've uh, I've actually released my full scouting report on Illuminer on NDT Scouting. So if you're interested in seeing that, make sure you check that out on the site. Uh, this is a player who moved. Uh, to the United States from uh, London at age 14, has a rugby and wrestling background, only played one year of high school football, couldn't get an offer out of out of uh, college except for at a, a JUCO, dominated there, and you know the next thing you know, he's got Arkansas and Ohio State and Texas A&M pounding the table uh, for him to come to their schools, and you know he settles in at Texas A&M, and I, I really like what he showed in his one year, really as a starter at right tackle. I think he's a big time people mover. Uh, he he's got the mass to go with the the power to you know I think that's going to translate very nicely what he's able to do as a run blocker. But then for his size, you know he's six three, almost a tick under six four, three hundred thirty two pounds, thirty three and a quarter inch arms. You know, he's able to move and slide his feet and pass protect adequately. Uh, 
out from the right tackle position. So um, maybe not like a day one starter at right tackle, but I think pretty soon in his NFL career, I think he's starter, uh, one of my favorite sleepers, if you will, in this class. Yeah, Luminor kind of fits this Texas A&M archetype that they have at tackle, right? Like it seems like every year Texas A&M's got an offensive tackle guy, and they all have you know, similar traits. It's just where along their their polish and if they have a defining trait uh but he's a big mobile guy and uh just just for me uh i'm my assessment he's in the 150s for me it's more acknowledging that this is probably you want to get excited about it it's more about the three-year projection than the one-year projection sure sure you know one of the players that you mentioned already and i'm anxious to get some thoughts on uh is chad wheeler out of usc um, I'll let you paint that picture, but uh, one thing I wanted to, I guess, uh, before you get into your take there, um, this was probably the biggest disconnect for me in terms of the functional athleticism that I saw on tape against what we saw at the combine. You know, I thought this was going to be a fleet-footed guy. Yeah. You know, test through the roof, and he goes five four two in the forty. You know, over five seconds in the short shuttle, eight ten in the three cone. 20 and a half in the vertical jump, only 15 bench press reps. So, you know, any excitement I had about Wheeler was really cautioned by some poor testing. So uh, he's a top top 70 player for you on your board. So tell the people about USC tackle Chad Wheeler. Sure. I think where he's able to mask himself, and before you even get into the, the on-the-field stuff and the, the athletic testing, uh, He's he has some red flags and hurdles that he has to clear, so would not be surprised if this is somebody that goes much later in the draft than where I have him projected as far as what I think his chances are of, are of success at the next level. Uh, he was involved in a domestic incident that actually result, resulted in him being taken to get a psychi- psychiatric assessment. So something like that, you know teams are going to pull back and they're, mm-hmm. they're going to ask a lot of questions and they have to feel very comfortable uh, with where he's at between the ears. But... Uh, I think what he does is he opt, he's one of those guys that optimizes his limited athletic ability and does so with patience and, and smoothness so that he looks more athletic than what he is. And, and, and I think maybe some of his functional athleticism versus applied athleticism uh, is where you see discrepancies because uh, – I, I thought as far as change of direction skills and playing with balance and uh, working up onto guys, uh, he was effective in that way. And and I'll, I'll read the player evaluation straight from my report. Uh, possesses the traits one would look for in a starting left tackle at the NFL level. Uh, while Wheeler is not particularly dynamic or explosive as an athlete, he's a very smooth mover, and that fluidity wins many reps that a more rigid offensive tackle would lose. Wheeler has strong mirror skills in space and shows a good understanding of how to use his feet to stay balanced and shadow pass rushers while protecting his interior gap. Wheeler will need to prove he can keep his weight up and also clean up his strike zone on his initial punch and stun, yet there are strong flashes of power in the hands that suggest it is an achievable goal working forward. Wheeler is also going to have to provide some answers stemming from a domestic incident during his time at USC in which the police were called and took Wheeler for a psychiatric assessment. Starter abilities. So it kind of mirrors, Joe, what you framed it as and what I justified uh, why I thought the discrepancy was there. That's just a difficult player to place as far as trying to forecast. Sure. 
Yeah, and he's got a ton of production. But then one thing I don't think we've mentioned yet is the injury history where in every season, you know, this guy's had torn ACL, uh, concussion, foot injury, uh, missed a bunch of time in the senior season with with the shoulder. So, you know, there's just a a lot of weird checks against him. But you watch his tape, and you're like, yeah, he's a pretty good player. All right, so we we hit a lot of the top names, and something we yeah. haven't done yet in any of the position overviews that I think would be a fun way for us to gloss over some more name quicklies is to do a uh, word or phrase association. So, okay. Joe, you would pick a name out of the, the lower half or maybe the lower ten offensive tackles that we assessed – and I'll give you a, a word or a phrase to describe that player. Anything really strikes a chord, we could jump in on it. Okay. And if not, then we kind of just slide along and move inside. I like it. So I'm, I'm, let's just go rapid fire here. Yep. Okay, here it is. You ready? Yep. Justin Sr., Mississippi State. Stiff. <laughs> uh, Adam Bisnawati, Pittsburgh. Oh, man, he's got some great hair. Um <laughs> <laughs> not good when that's the first go-to. Uh, you know, I see low-key. I mean, if he reaches all of his potential, he might be able to start be a swing tackle in the NFL, but he's got a lot of things working against him, a ton of technique issues. So much for rapid fire, Joe. Man, you know, this is a real challenge for me. I know. All right, here we go. I want the first thing that comes to your mind. Don't hold back. You ready? Zach Banner, USC. Big. Oh, <laughs> Six six seven, uh, he he had to lose weight to get to three fifty. Yeah, he did. So, and, and this is a guy we talked about scary hip injuries with with Ryan oh. Ramchek. Uh, mm-hmm. Two hip procedures coming into his senior year. Uh, now he's the son of Lincoln Kennedy, a, a stud offensive tackle in his time in the NFL. Uh, but but Banners, he's got to keep the weight down and, and give himself a chance because he's he's too big. He's too big. Let's see. Let's go uh, Julian Davenport from Bucknell. Florida Gator went wrong. Uh, long, athletic, didn't dominate at small school. That's yeah, a big red flag. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Roderick Johnson, Florida State. Train wreck. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I can't believe this was a player that was talked about as a potential first-round player. Like, a Florida State. Their offensive linemen coming back, you can go all the way back to like Menelik Watson. They're just, they're terrible technique guys. They're all athletes. They're all mobile bodies with long arms. Johnson has no clue what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just, he's just wild. He's all over the place. He's tripping over his own feet. He doesn't have his base set. Uh, there's not a lot of timing with his initial punch. So, uh, but, project, but. project. I'll, I'll say time. project. Two-time first-team All-ACC offensive tackle and two-time ACC offensive lineman of the year, freshman All-American. This is a decorated football player with 36-inch arms, Kyle. That's crazy. Crazy. (laughs) I'm Uh, with you, by the way. uh, I'll I'll give you one more. David Sharp, Florida. Inconsistent, but has starter potential. There you go. I like that one. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Interior offensive line. Let's do it. Let's slide it on over. Uh, I'm updating the board here for yeah, us. Go ahead and update the board. I'll kind of tee us up with. Uh, I like this often interior offensive line group. Uh, oh yeah, to, yeah. And, and you know <laughs> what? To be fair, you don't exactly hate the group either. You've got no, one, no. two, three, four, five, five inside of your top thirty-five, 
and and you got another one inside of your your top two rounds. So we we got six. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got eight <laughs> inside of my top sixty-two. So you got six in your top sixty-two. I got eight in my top sixty-two. It's a, got some starters now, and and some of these guys are scheme specific, and that's yeah. where you start getting into some discrepancies. And some teams are going to value more than others, and we'll, we'll set that up. But I'll go ahead and let you take the reins and kind of frame the conversation however you see fit, Joe. Well, uh, you know, we're combining guards and centers here. Um, the the one thing that really stood out to me uh, again, I've said this several times in the show. First year here doing numerical scoring. So, you know, I had the system that I put together, and then I'm, after I did all the scoring, I sorted my board, and I got to see how they stacked up and uh, was really kind of surprised, but understood when I saw my number 10 player on my board overall in any position was Forrest Lamp out of Western Kentucky, and then my number 12 player was Dan Feeney out of Indiana. Uh, so, so, you know, I want to get into those guys right away here. Uh, and you have two guys pretty high on your board, and maybe we'll just kind of let me do my first two, you can do your first two, and we can flow from there. Uh, but starting with, with Forrest Lamp out of Western Kentucky, I mean, uh, just watch the tape. This guy's unbelievably solid. He's just such a sound, fundamentally, uh, technically refined football player. 51 starts there at Western Kentucky. Uh, played left tackle. Uh, ton of just great posture and balance and good base and sets good width and uh, everything's done with good timing. Uh, you know, he's not going to overwhelm you with power, but his hands are going to be in the right place. He's going to have good bend, good leverage, and uh, he's able to combine all that technique uh, to sustain blocks and moving people. Uh, as a pass blocker, I just love the way he slides his feet in, in mirrors, and his punch is done with really nice timing, really good placement, uh, and he checks the box in terms of you know what you're looking for in athletic t- athletic testing, sub-5-yard, 40-yard dash, 34 reps, two and a quarter, a good three-cone and short shuttle. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's not gonna, he doesn't have the length to play outside at, at tackle in the NFL, but, uh, you know, this is going to be a really nice zone guard starter right away uh, out of Western Kentucky here for, uh, you know, at a left guard position where I really like him a ton. And then the other guy I want to jump into is Dan Feeney. I mean, you want to talk about that just about a guy that just kills people, you know, moves them against their will. You know, this is, this is your guy. He's got a, a really powerful punch that jolts pads right away, leverages his hips, accelerates his feet, and he just gets a ton of movement. And, uh, you know, if he gets you off balance, you're going on the ground. It's that simple. So uh, dominating run blocker. He's actually got pretty good length in athleticism, uh, which show up as a pass blocker. He can, he can slide his feet and redirect his weight and shut down gaps uh, and mirror as well he played a little bit of tackle his senior year which was just an awful idea don't do that this is a this is a guard all day long uh but uh you know i think he he has a good hit rate in space so he really just checks all the boxes for me he had some concussion issues as a senior which you don't like to see but you know he comes in the nfl i think another guy that's pushed 50 starts and uh a guy that i think is a plug and play guy well the concern for me with uh feeney is i believe his his concussion rates up to uh, I, I think he's at three or four. Yeah. So, so that's what scares me is because he is uber physical and he he'll blow guys up and you know, put them on their butt and, and take them and throw them out the club as they say. Uh, yeah. My my top those those are my inter offensive linemen uh, four and five. By the way, uh, I like them. I like them. They they're not universal guys for me. I think uh, Lamp. Nice zone style guy. I, I don't think he's especially overwhelming. He's a steer blocker. 
and, and Phoenix more of that, you know, gap power style blocker. He'll uproot you. He'll he'll take you for a ride. Uh, if we want to talk about my top two, we we start with Ohio State's Pat Offline, who's twelfth overall on my draft board. Uh, you can play him in either system. If you're going to play uh, a lot of zone, you can get away with playing him at guard. He played guard uh, in 2015 for the Buckeyes. Uh, if you want to play power style, uh, then you play him at center where he played this past year. And he can be successful in either one of those schemes. Uh, you just might play him in a different spot. And his positional versatility gives him some bonus and flexibility for whichever team lands his services as well. Uh, really impressed with uh, the steps that he took to just clean things up and put a bow on things. Uh, you saw some flashes of it, but uh, for 15 for me, I thought he was... Uh, overextended a little too much and and kind of over eager in, in his blocks and his fits and I thought he did a much better job in dictating the block and letting defenders get into him and manipulating them that way uh, thought thought the recovery balance that he had was nice um, his mobility on the second level and getting out in front of plays in the boundary is very strong uh he he does well to find extra work. If he's left unoccupied, you know, he'll go out his way to, to hit somebody. And he's comfortable with his hands fit away from his chest. That's one thing I really like to see in an offensive lineman is, you know, if you're in tight spaces, you get a hand fit. That's great, man. Uh, love strong hands. But when the defender tries to shed or when you're having to flow side to side, are you able to sustain that grasp with your hands and not hold? And just ride guys out, and he does that very well. And that, that was one thing I definitely noted on him as an improvement uh, as he was uh, acclimating to playing center in 2016. And my number two, Joe, I'm surprised I ended up higher on this guy than you did because you loved this guy in the summer. Yeah, this he's top is, 25 guy for me. So yeah, oh, Top 21 guy for me, so sorry to say. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh's Dorian Johnson. Uh, came into Pitt as a highly recruited offensive tackle prospect, uh, and that build looks like an offensive tackle. He's 6'5", 300 pounds, over 35-inch arms. Uh, he, he looks like a left tackle, but the way he plays the game is so much more well-suited to playing inside an offensive guard. Uh, he is, an, uh, for lack of a better term, I'm going to use a, a Joe Marinoism here, he's an ass-kicker. Uh, he, he will absolutely... Uh, Roll up under your pads. When his hands are fit, it's game over. He he takes over at the point of attack. He resets the line of scrimmage. He's got massive pop in his hands. Uh, his long arms allow for some pretty consistent first contact and pass protection. And he's got a nice squat to be able to anchor effectively. He's not a true power uh traditional inside people mover. A lot, a lot of those guys you see in like the two, 320s, 330s. Now, this is a guy at 300 pounds plays with the power that he does, and it's more because of the pop in his hands than it is about his frame and carrying weight in his lower half. Uh, but he's he's very smart in his protections. He, he's rarely caught making mistakes. Uh, I think he can be, in either style scheme, uh, a starting player for somebody very early on. Do you remember it was – Maybe three weeks ago, when we were still working, maybe four weeks ago, we were working on film assessment still. We were doing some, you know, like a water cooler Wednesday, and you were like, hey, I watched this interior offensive lineman, and, uh, uh, you know, and I really liked him. I think he's a mid-round sleeper. You know, who, who do you think that is? And my first guess 
was Sean Harlow out of Oregon State. And you said, no, I haven't seen his tape yet, but I'm anxious to see him. Well, you watched his tape. Yep. I-, I guessed that you would like him, and you liked him more than I ever would have thought. Uh, looking at-, at the board here, he's your 39th player overall, Sean Harlow, guard for Oregon State. So I want to hear your takes. Uh, my takes is he's very similar to what you're getting in Forrest Lamb. Uh, and, and that's my personal opinion on, on the package that he brings. Uh, he's 6'4", 303, 32-inch uh, arms. Uh, Lamp is 6'3", 305, 31-inch arms. Uh, athletically, they compare favorably. Uh, he's not quite as good as far as his physical size and athleticism. Uh, doesn't have the long speed. Uh, not quite as strong. Uh, the three-cone shuttle Lamp destroyed him. But but getting outside of you know just the measurables, talking about the film, uh, I'll read you the um, the the film, the prospect summary for Harlow, and just give you my overall thoughts straight from the 2017 draft prospectus. Uh, and that's Oregon State offensive lineman Sean Harlow is going to be an attractive option for NFL systems that implement a high amount of zone-oriented blocking in the running game, or who are in search of a swing player that can play across the line in a pinch. Harlow is a longtime starter at left tackle, and he showed adequate movement skills on the outside to warrant consideration should depth issues arrive in the NFL. Yet his true value is on the interior where Harlow can be an asset chipping into the second level. He possesses excellent combo blocking skills or steering defensive linemen with strong hand work. While Harlow lacks high-end anchor or natural power, his fundamental understanding of how to win with positioning and technique with his hands gives him upside and a potential quality starter ability along the offensive interior. Should be a day-two value, but lack of power could scare some teams off. There you have it. Sean Harlow, a guy you're not hearing a lot of other people talk about. Uh, Kyle is a big fan. I like him as well. I'm not quite, quite there. Uh, but I think he's a quality uh, quality prospect. Um, I want to mention just a little trio here of, of players uh, that, that when I sorted my board, they were number 89, 90, and 91. There you go. And I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of your third, fourth round guard that you, know, you plug in there and, and they start right away and you, you kind of get a starter that, uh, you know, fills fills that position. I think you can get interior offensive linemen that start right in that third, fourth round. So here's here's my little pocket of guys. I know you, you're pretty high on, on this trio as well. Uh, Isaac, Asia- well Isaac Asiata, <laughs> Utah. Uh, he's he's that you know, Utah had a fun offensive line this year. Just guys that get after it. You know, uh, I think he's got some frenetic issues, like where he's just a little. He needs to reel it in a little bit. But I think he's a people mover uh, and actually fairly good athlete. Uh, Danny Isidore out of Miami, uh, a player that I really liked once I watched his film, was really underwhelmed with him at the Senior Bowl. But, um, you know, watch the tape. He's a productive long-term starter. Uh, that's pretty solid. And then Nico Saragusa out of San Diego State, uh, big, big physical offensive lineman, over 50 career starts. Uh, another guy that I think can start early on in his NFL career. So there's my little pocket, if you will, of uh, those early day three, late day two starters. Yeah, Siragusa and Asiata um, actually have 57 and 58. So mm-hmm. uh, I think those two, as far as power style guys, uh, they'll punch you straight in the mouth, and you better strap up every single play because if they're playing forward, uh, you're going to have your hands full. Um, really disenfranchised with Isidore as far as his pass protection skills, uh, which is where I soured on him. Uh I also have an offensive lineman 89th on the board, and it's West Virginia center 
Tyler Orlowski. And Joe, I know we talked a little bit about it in Battle of the Boards. Yeah. But ha- have you changed your mind at all? <laughs> no. Oh, no, maybe if, maybe if you go on a gift spree of like 2025 and, and subtweet oh, so me the whole time. Yeah. I got to put him on the Corey Davis plan then, huh? Yeah, I need the Corey Davis plan, and maybe I'll consider it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I guess the only uh, – we had a consensus top 60 value on uh, Ethan Pokic. Do we want to yeah. talk on him real quick and then do some word association? Yeah, Ethan Pokic, uh, another guy that I think, uh, like what you were saying about Sean Harlow, can really maybe play all five positions, uh, like him best at center. Um I thought his 15 tape was pretty underwhelming. He had some hip injuries that he was working through, but then you watch a 16 tape and you see just a fundamentally sound guy. Um, I don't think he's going to overwhelm you with power, but he's a big, big dude, big long dude uh, that works his technique well. He's a technician. He gets his his head and head around and his hips in the proper position and, and seals off blockers or seals off defenders. Uh, I think he's got enough movement to you know, really uh, slide and protect both A-gaps. And then, you know, I don't worry about his uh, his anchor in terms of him not setting a, an adequately, uh, you know, set pocket depth. So I think he really just very, very adequately checks all your boxes as length and uh, actually ton of length, more than you probably ever would need for an interior player. But, uh, you know, I think he's a starter, again, probably more in a, uh, in a zone scheme. But uh, quality player. Yeah, and, and what really stood out to him was uh, his recovery ability. It seemed like consistently yeah. he would get beat yep. at first contact. And just the the some of the angles he was able to, to get his catch foot out and then the functional strength to kind of draw himself back up into a balanced position was really impressive. I, I know I remember watching... Uh, the Senior Bowl film on him, and immediately coming away saying, "Man, like that recovery ability is just something else." Because you don't see guys that get the shoulders rolled back and they give up two yards, and then they just pop right back up into into a stance. And that's what you saw with him quite a bit. Yeah, that's a that's a really nice point. I have that throughout my notes on him as well, and, and you like that because that's going to happen. You're going to go against big strong dudes the next level but how do you re-anchor how do you rework right. your hands and recover is huge and, and that's a that's a that's definitely something that i came away with uh, from watching the tape all right so it's a, it's word association time let's uh i'm gonna let you do the honors this time give me one uh kyle callis michigan underrated he's limited upside uh but as far as a power guy uh, you want to play him traditional right guard, uh, need guys that can reset the line of scrimmage, I think you can do much worse, especially in this class, than Kyle Callis. Um, let's see. I, I know your answer for some of these, so I'm trying to get kind of selective here. Oh, um, well, you give give me someone that I'm going to say something about. Josh, Go ahead. Josh Butt. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, heavy, heavy-footed big dude that just has a ton of mass that can generate natural power, but I'm not counting on him to slide his feet at all. Okay. Um, let's see here. Alex Kozan, Auburn. Uh, could take it or leave it. 
really. I, I came away from, from Kozan's film and, and really didn't see anything that moved the needle for me one way or the other. I was just kind of kind of blasé on him. Uh, didn't didn't leave a, a positive impression, I will say. Uh, I think he f- projects most favorably in zone. Uh, he, he has some nice uh, lateral mobility that can get showcased. Uh, but if you're a zone guy and you got you know, foot activity problems, which I picked up on, that, that's a little troubling. Um, Corey Levin from Tennessee Chattanooga. So my 10th guard. This is my 10th ranked guard. I actually like him as my sleeper pick. He, he You want to talk about small school guys that dominated. This dude, this dude was an ass kicker uh, for the, the Tennessee Chattanooga mocks. Uh, some technical issues, man, but I think he's got a nice blend of size, power, and athleticism that uh, would not surprise me at all to see him as an eventual starter. All right, you get one now, and I'll go Jordan Morgan, cuts down. Yeah, it's by back, Backyard, man, uh, yeah. and it's pronounced Kutztown. Uh, We've been through that every I, single I time. Know. It's an and, uphill battle. It's like you and uh, Pokic. It's... <laughs> Fun story, fun story on Ethan. Uh, I was interviewing him for, uh, for some camera work for Fan Rag Sports at the Senior Bowl, and I totally, before we started the interview, said, hey, can you just let me know how to pronounce yeah, your last give name? Give it to I don't me once. That up. Really, give it to me once, just so I know. And I literally transitioned right into the interview and totally went back to the wrong pronunciation. <laughs> so you can, if you get a chance to go watch that video, you'll see it. You'll see it right in the man's eyes. He did yeah. an eyebrow raise and... <laughs> He knew he was dealing uh, with uh, a piece of work. He was dealing with a piece of work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. As yeah. as far as Jordan Morgan, uh, upside. I think he's a high upside guy. Uh, he's got the frame you want for an offensive guard. Uh, he, he carries it well, too. He's not sloppily built. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when you watched him on film, uh, I think the raw power that he had at that level against the kids that he's playing against was very apparent. Uh but his feet get a little too narrow. Uh, he needs to rework his base, spend a lot of time uh, in, in some of his pass sets with both his feet off the ground. You can't have that. You always got to have something anchored and tied down. Uh, so technically speaking, uh, is going to need a lot of reworking, but uh, he has requisite levels of movement skills and functional strength and, and a smash mouth style of play that I, he just beat up those poor kids in the PSAC. And, and uh, uh <laughs> I, I would not bet against him if you were asking me uh, for a day three guy that could develop into a quality starter at some point down the road. I, I want to ask you one, but I don't. I don't want to at the same time. Just do it, uh, Kyle Fuller, Baylor. Oh boy, yeah, that's one of the that's one of the worst players I watched this year. Um, man, I just that, that was mean. Um, Answers you know, the question. Kyle, you, first of all. Yeah, first of all, he started, I mean, a ton of games, like maybe 50 games. Has all the size, length, athleticism you'd, you'd want, really. Um, but he just, I, I just don't really have any respect for his technique and power. I, I literally watched three games of him letting defensive linemen easily work into his chest, reset the line of scrimmage, and just control him. And, and that's happened against the Big 12. Yeah. Good Lord. He's going to go block Geno Atkins, Marcel Darius, and Nadamakong Su. <laughs> no, man. It's not going to happen. So I think he's more of a, of a training camp guy that uh, is a big-time 
development player that uh, he's just he just needs a lot of work and it's, it's a lot of work. It seems like he just doesn't like it. it there's no fire there almost because yeah, yeah no uh, he's six four three oh six thirty four inch he's built like a left freaking tackle. But he just he doesn't know how to use any of it, and there's no sense of urgency. I saw no sense of urgency in any of his film. Yeah, that's 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 very true. I'll give you one more before we wrap. All uh, right, Damian Mama, USC, the big guy. Uh, Mama is a people mover. Uh, I would compare him uh, to uh, whoever the the West Virginia guard. I'm drawing a blank right Quint now. Spain. Quentin Spain, Spain, thank you. Yeah, yeah. bail me out. Uh, Quentin Spain from last year, as far as a big body, uh, 330 plus, uh, is limited in what he can do if you're asking to play in space. But if you're looking for a traditional, uh, now I, I know I said this about Kyle Callis, but at least Kyle Callis has some mobility. Uh, Mama's just a straight line just a bull and a hammer and he will uh, just roll up on guys at the point of attack and, and try and out leverage with his hands. And uh, he, he does well with his hands to, to deliver a heavy pop and uh, reset the line of scrimmage and extend extend his arms. But uh, there's some times where he doesn't know when to let go and um, you know, he'll get a little grabby and his foot quickness is, is a really significant issue. But much like Quentin Spain, if you go to a true power between the tackles, just, just play forward and play forward frequently. And then you get some help and pass protection. Um, he might be able to give you something. I mean, Joe, I know you were surprised how high I was on him. I was sixth round value on him. Uh, so I, <laughs> I, I think that, uh, this is somebody that still has a lot of work. He's a limited upside guy, but in the, perfect conditions i could see something happening there you have it the offensive line has been previewed for you we have a lot going on so if you just give me like a second here to, to catch everyone up and you know over at ndt scouting first of all i mean we've got a ton of content that just has been pumping through uh kyle myself elliot christ uh scott bischoff scott work up there. John Ledger's going to have some work up there soon. Uh, Roger Dixon, uh, he's, he's so quality whenever he gets some uh, time to get some stuff for us, but uh, there's a ton of new content with, uh, you know, some, some analysis on the Baylor kids, Malik McDowell. I'm working through the positional superlatives. Kyle did a really nice piece on economics uh, and some scouting reports that you got to check out. We've got some great media appearances that Kyle and I have been in. Uh, Kyle did the Matt Harmon Backyard Banter uh, podcast that you know, kind of talks about his story that's a must listen we were guests on the locked on nfl draft podcast yes. uh, so you can go and listen to me and kyle uh go back to our roots in the podcasting the with house uh, john Ledgefield. that's right that's right so uh go listen to that i thought that was a really good appearance uh if i don't say so myself uh, so net scouting ton of stuff going on we've got our premium subscriptions uh that you can purchase our 12 month calendar uh, of premium nfl draft content right off the bat you get kyle and mine individual 2017 nfl draft guides you get kyle's 16 and 15 draft guide uh we've got a 12 month calendar that is just loaded with year-round coverage to let you go through this scouting journey with us where we are uh, just uh, being as transparent as we can with the process so you guys can see the work that goes into these draft guides so uh, 20 bucks man for an entire year and you get two draft guides is the second you sign up so 
definitely give that a look. Uh, we've got draft dudes. Uh, holy crap. We've got a, a, the entire defense to preview between Friday and Monday. Uh, so that's huge. And then, uh, oh, by the way, we're heading out to Phoenix, Arizona to give you live internet streaming broadcasts of the first three rounds of the NFL draft where Kyle and I are going up against the, uh, the, the, the Mel Kuypers and the, the Mike Mayox for uh, your viewership, and uh, we are going to bring it. Uh, we are really excited about uh, that. So a ton of stuff going on. We appreciate all your support. If you want to keep track of it all, I, I really suggest you pay attention to us on social media. Kyle is at NDT Scouting. I am at the Joe Marino. NDT Scouting has its own Twitter handle, which is NDT Scouting LLC, Facebook.com slash NDT Scouting. So Holy crap, there's a lot going on. We love it. We're here for you. We're trying to uh, really change the game with this NFL draft analysis. We'll be back again for you on Friday. Signing off for Kyle Krabs, I'm Joe Marino, and this is the Draft Dudes Podcast. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.